can't turn the song off. We gotta let the song finish. All right. Although this next one fits Olivia as well. I mean, totally, right? Uh, okay, find your spot. It was great to see some of you pulling out Shakespeare and chatting it up a little bit. I, am, I appreciate that more than you might think. Or maybe you know me by now, and I really like that. Um, nice job dressing up today, right? Might as well have some fun. Go sing yours. Um, and uh, as we dive in today, I think we're just going to go for it. Um, we've I've created space, right, for today and Friday for video. So we're going to get through Act 4, but there's space for discussion. So I'm going to lead some of it. I'm going to invite you into it. We can kind of go wherever you want to go, but Shakespeare's going to throw a lot at us in this scene, if you haven't noticed already, right? So we had just gotten scene 4 started, um, and we're going to jump in there in a minute. I do want to throw this out to you as we watch it. I'm going to start here with him poking in the room, right? We saw that already. But I, I just think, I think for us, there's so many layers here with Malvolio. He's technically the, the Christian in the play, the, the hardcore Puritan Christian in the play, totally ego-filled. And uh, in this scene, he looks like an idiot. Right, like he just looks so foolish. It's so awkward. It's so inappropriate. Like all of that. And so, what is Shakespeare saying? And there's a ton of things he's saying. I just want to throw this out there that as we watch it here in a few minutes, the consequences. Right, we in a play like this, we get to see consequences, consequences of a mask, consequences of our folly, consequences of misinterpreting the obscure epistle of love. We get to see that stuff. We get to talk about it. We get to sit in our chairs and at our tables and during homecoming week and analyze it. <laughs> That's very different than experiencing it. Does that make sense? Than being in it. Um, and that's, that's the beauty of literature and of a movie and of a play and of theater. The beauty of the story is that we get to watch it. <laughs> It creates an opportunity for us to learn and grow. But that can't be forced, right? And so I just want to invite you into that today and Friday and even next week as we wrap up Twelfth Night. Don't miss that potential. We've got some great lessons. We've had some really good conversation, right? Let's, let's not just let it just be talk. Fair? Yeah? I'll pray. Lord, thanks for your uh, grace upon us, your goodness to us. Bless our efforts here to learn and to grow. Thank you for this story and what Shakespeare is offering us in it. Thanks for this class, the second period, and their willingness to connect and digest and talk and ask good questions. And so uh, bless our time today. Thanks for homecoming week and fun to dress up, maybe be a little silly, relax, do some things differently. We just thank you for that opportunity as well. The privilege that we have to be able to do that. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Okay. Keep going.
I'm going to show this, okay? We've already seen it, but I kind of let it roll. And I'm going to highlight something in particular today at, at a certain point, okay? Before we go, does anybody have any questions about where we are? Onward? It's so fun. I love homecoming week. My perspective, I get to see everybody. You know what, Solomon, we gotta, let's, let's hook Solomon up. Uh, Solomon, if you would like to uh, see, this is your, your classmates. There we go. Everybody say hi, Solomon. Hi, Solomon. We're all dressed up. You get to see. Uh, nice. <laughs> Look at that. that awesome, rich voice. So good. We miss you. Bless you. All right. I'll turn it back. Now you have to stare at me. Sorry. Okay. Questions on where we are? Right. Go. <laughs> so painful. How now, Melodia? Sweet lady. Sweet lady. Smiles thou? I said for thee upon a sad occasion. Sad lady. He's like, I could be sad, whatever you want, this right? This makes an obstruction in the blood, this scattering. But what of that? But if it please the eye of one, please one and please all. Why, how dost thou, man? What is the matter with thee? Not back in my mind. Oh, yellow in my legs. <laughs> it comes to his hand and commands shall be executed. Oh, here's the line. Sweet woman hand. Who's that here today, my buddy? Like, Be not afraid of greatness. Twas well writ. What means that by that? Some will achieve greatness. And some will greatness. Good. Good. Too far. Yellow stockings. I wish to see thee cross garters. Go to the Lord made as thou desirest me so. Not let me see your front. Why? This is very midsummer madness. Right? He's what? No gentleman of the Count Orsino's is returning. I'll Good Mariah, let this fellow be looked to. Where's my cousin Toby? Let some of my people have a special care of him. We all caught that, right? Look at fellow. now. No worse man than Sir Toby Thanks, Steve. 
all the devils of hell possessed him, I'll speak to him. Now we already you? talked about this, right? I discard you. I just spit on you. Have a share of it, huh? That's just so. <laughs> the devil. I know what you say. Now you and your stick in at the devil. It takes to the heart. Carry it water to the wise woman. It's all done tomorrow morning. My lady would not lose him for more than our stay. Oh, Lord. Let me enjoy my flight. Get him to say his prayers, good Sir Toby. Get him to pray. My prayers? Minx. No, I warrant you, you will not hear of godliness. You are I shall things. I am not of your element. You shall know more hereafter. With that big smile right there, yeah? Now, I think we already stopped it here, correct? We looked at the full line. What's the full line? Go hang yourselves all, right? Now, they're bullying him, right? They're mocking him and bullying him. Ironically, what is his risk? He's not aware of it, but what's, once he's this inflated, what is he willing to say to them? Go kill yourselves. You're not worthy of being alive. I'm so much better than you, you might as well just be dead. So that's in there, isn't it? We started class with Jacques, and remember, we talked about how often what we say reveals more about us than what we're, who we're saying it to, right? Who would say that? Now, I'm pausing it because I'm inviting discussion. I think we, we already talked about it, but I want to just double check because I will, I'll, we'll just let it roll if I already had this conversation with you. But did I already talk to you guys about the funeral situation that I went to in regards to bullying? I don't think so. And so now is the time to do that. I'm personally kind of glad they cut the line. I hate that line. I hate it. Think of the tweets and the texts and the cyberbullying. You'd be better dead. Why don't you just kill yourself now and spare us all? You've probably read those in an article where someone shared them from somewhere, a teacher or a pastor, because those are real things. And people do kill themselves because of it. And here it is 400 years ago. The arrogant Christian jerk. Why don't you guys just go kill yourselves? I hate that one. Kind of hope you do too. <laughs> I want to throw this out there. Potentially is a topic for discussion. We don't have to, because Act 4 is coming. We can do it then, <laughs> right? It doesn't slow down. But I, uh, I went, I'll, I'll back the story up. I want to, the, the question is, what would it take? What would it take to get rid of all of the bullying at our school? Not just the big stuff or the overt stuff. Actually, if you're aware of potentially the past couple of weeks, the word microaggression is getting thrown around as it should. What would it take to get rid of all the microaggression at our school? That would be fantastic. What, if, what would it take to have no bullying? 
Some of you have heard of my sailing trips, right? Um, back in the day, about six or seven in, um, I did sailing trip from Winterham. I would take a group of students down, and back then it was Florida. Went to Florida, went sailing, did discipleship training. And I always, on my adventure trips, I always do this community code, right? The kingdom community code concept. We're going to keep it really safe. No bullying, no put-downs. We're going to love each other. We're going to be kind with our words. Every trip, always do it. Every class, always do it. And this group of students were fantastic. They took it really seriously. And so they're like, yeah. They actually said for that, let's just make this trip a no put-down zone. Five days in, I was eating lunch with one of my students. He said, Mr. D, thanks so much. It's the best trip ever. I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm glad you like it. <laughs> like, it's just incredible. I've had five days where no one's bullied me. And he goes on to share that he's a senior at Wheaton Academy, and every single day he came to this school, he was bullied. And so here he is on a winter room trip, and this has been five days without bullying. We actually got to day eight, and something happened with some kids. They were, you know, they were wrestling around, whatever. And his, one of his favorite shirts ripped, and then there was like an argument and a fight. And it wasn't bullying, but something came up, and we had to debrief it, and we stopped. And like, hey, let's talk about what happened, and we processed it out. And he actually ended up thanking the other students. Thanks, guys. I've gone a week without any bullying. This is amazing. Best week of my life, right? Graduates Wheaton Academy. Two years later, I was invited to come to his funeral and speak at it, which is this awkward invitation. It was an honor, but it's awkward. It was a suicide. And I asked the dad, I'm like, why me? Like, why? Oh. Well, you're the, the teacher who created an opportunity where he had a week without bullying. He talked about it all the time. Best week of his life. Why? Sailing? No, because there was no bullying. Whew! <laughs> that was a horrible day. Sobering. And it... it Awaken in me just this need to pause and process the, the bullying, right? Where our own, my own student, I'm at his funeral. And of course, right, with suicide and with any type of death, it's super complex. But knowing the journey, knowing the story, knowing the conversations, and knowing what the dad told me, and knowing why I was invited. Oh, so sad. My kids might be coming here in a couple of years. Are they going to get bullied at this school? My own children? At a Christian school? Okay, there we go. Hard, right? Hard, intense story. Yeah, but I guess there's a couple questions. Like, it happens here, right? I had a one student last class say, I know it happens, but I don't see it. I don't hear about it, which I'm like, great, I'm glad. I'm glad you don't do it. I'm glad you don't see it, but does it happen? And I you know, always get some nods from people in the room. So I know it. I know it still happens. 
I have people come and talk to me about it. I have graduates who email me. I hated that place. I got bullied all the time. Glad I'm out of here. So thoughts or comments? Questions? Like what do we... Shakespeare put it on stage. The Christian arrogant jerk. Go kill yourselves. Thoughts? It's really quiet. <laughs> yeah. Well, one more time. He doesn't say like how you should respond to it, right? I, he's just put it on stage. Is it? Is it there? Is it there? They're bullying him, and now the arrogant Christian ego-driven jerk is bullying him right back. Go to kill yourself. Does it to kind of raise awareness of it? I I think there's a lot of things going on. He's we're looking at awareness. We're looking at consequences. I mean, part of me is like, why are we in literature class studying this thing? What are we doing here? Why are we doing this? <laughs> We can just blow by and look at the story, or we can take some time and do what? What issues are he, is he raising? Spectrum of love, other things. But what's the subplot of Twelfth Night? It's all these guys bullying each other, mocking each other, practical jokes. So funny, right? So yeah, he definitely did. I mean, I slowed it down and I brought it up. Is the awareness raised? Yeah. So what's Shakespeare saying? I mean, he could stop it and just like preach at us. I don't think he's going to do that. That's, this is the power of story. We get to sit back and watch it. The key is, do you catch my devotional at the beginning? <laughs> Are we going to just watch it? Are we going to maybe do something about it? Yeah. How ironic. Horrifying, yeah. right? And especially when people use scripture to put other people down, which happens a lot. Yeah. So. Yeah. Right? And I think it's hard. It happens a lot. But wait, if we want to defend that, okay, then maybe you're not doing it. But it's potentially still happening. <laughs> you know, like, right? I think that's the issue. And I like how you phrase that. We have the obscure epistle of love being misinterpreted for his own selfish gain, and now he's so inflated in his ego that he's using his new powerful position to just verbally abuse others. Yeah, I think, unfortunately, it happens more than we would think, right? No, thank you for sharing that. Do you have a thought? That was horrible. Like, when we're in middle school, it's much more like, and yeah, everybody's obscure in middle school and you don't have around and stuff, but like, it's much more like if somebody doesn't like you, they'll come out and say, like, oh, I don't like you. But here, it's much more like brought out and 
That word, microaggression, is a fantastic vocabulary word for this discussion at this place. I went here, and I've been here for 20 years, right? Yeah? I think it's intriguing that, like you guys are framing, has anybody heard the just kidding? Just joking, I was just kidding, or it's just a joke, right? Anybody know the scripture verse connected to that? You can Google it. You can even just put just kidding and verse in the Bible. Someone go for it. It'd be great. Yeah. Um, I don't know the exact one, but like what comes out of your mouth is what comes from the heart. Well, there's that. The overflow of the mouth is what the heart speaks. So connect that dot. Yeah. Having what? Well, yeah, so then there's James, which is the taming of the tongue, which you're set on fire from hell. So we're getting there. Someone look it up. Come on, just kidding. It's in the Bible. The words just kidding are translated from Scripture. It's Proverbs. That'll help. Thank you. Proverbs 26.19. Go for it. Yeah, read the next one. Um, uh, like a maniac shooting flaming arrows, arrows of death is, is one who deceives their neighbor and says, I was only joking. <laughs> like a maniac shooting arrows of death. <laughs> Did anybody catch that? <laughs> I, we way, like you guys are saying, sweep it under the rug. We way underestimate this microaggression. Another translation said it's like shooting flaming arrows at someone. The flaming arrow, has anybody seen like, uh, uh, what's the, the um, gladiator? Oh, the first scene? The yeah. first scene where the, they dip the arrows in tar, light them on fire, and then shoot them. That's that. Like a maniac shooting arrows dipped in tar that are lit on fire at someone. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, what? What? Yeah. And by the way, does it hurt? Someone didn't hear said it hurts sometimes more. Now we, like just FYI, that's why. Because scripture is offering us this spiritual and emotional truth that when we say just kidding with these jokes, I mean, try to imagine, you guys try to imagine when you say just kidding to someone after you just hurt them and were caught. So you probably don't say it unless you were caught that you pulled out your bow and arrow and lit an arrow on fire and shot it at someone. That's the imagery. <laughs> it's a huge deal. I like that one though, the maniac with arrows of death. Maniac with arrows of death. And no offense to anyone in the room, please, 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 safe place. But I think what piques my attention is it took me stopping it here inviting discussion, and then Googling that verse versus why didn't we start junior high with that verse <laughs> and pound it into everybody all the way through and then make it safe at least at church or at the very least at Christian school. For who? Ready for who? Just you three? No, for who? Everyone. We've screwed up when we say, well, 99% of the students are safe. Nope. How many? 
Every single student needs to be safe at this school. Every single one, pretty much every day. Because it could be my daughter. <laughs> everybody in the room is somebody's kid. <laughs> and everybody's loved by God. We just take this way too lightly. Yeah? No, no, I know you're not. But it's so hard to like not there's two things. I travel around the country talking on this stuff. Schools fly me in to try and do training. Try no, sorry, I said try and do training. <laughs> right? So ready? There's two things there. Jesus walks into a house because there's a dead twelve year old girl in the house. And he's like, Why are you all crying? Hold on, hold on. She's sleeping. She's not dead. And what do they do? Anybody know the story? They laugh at him. And then what's the next verse? They got kicked out. You mock Jesus, you get what? You get kicked out. I mean, in my classroom, if any of you do microaggression and I hear about it, you're out. You're done. Sorry, see ya. Not even sorry, see ya. Not on my watch. A lot of people have a reputation for being all nice and kind and loving, which I'm glad for that reputation. Fortunately, you haven't experienced the bullying in the room yet because there's a big red button right here. I'll love you, don't worry, <laughs> right? I'll love you out there. And you're, not in my, you're not allowed in if you're going to keep doing it. Now, do we, real quick, do we mess up and make mistakes? Yeah, but if I hurt you, even if I intentionally hurt you, and I say, I'm really sorry, I'm an idiot, please forgive me, I won't do it again, and what can I do to make up for that? Could we potentially move forward? No, if I keep doing it, done. But do we kick out the bullies? Jesus did. <laughs> By the way, Solomon said the exact same thing. In Proverbs, it says, remove the mocker, because it actually says if you try to teach a mocker, the mocker will just do what? Mock you. So you, you, you can't teach a mocker. You do what with the mocker? You remove them. Right? So I think that's an interesting piece. But we can't control the tongue. So that's the second point is this. Could we have a, a day with zero bullying at Wheaton Academy? Yeah, now I can't control you. So what would it take to have the day with zero bullying? <laughs> Sure, although that can still happen off campus. People can tweet and stuff like that. They can text. What would it take? Yeah. The Lord come back. Amen. Okay, so the Lord's come back. He's in all of you. The Holy Spirit's in you. So now what would it take? Everybody choosing what? Yeah, I can't make you not do it, but if you chose to not bully today, will you bully? So if everybody did that in the room, would there be any bullying? Okay. I mean, we think this is really hard. <laughs> Ready? Choose to not bully. And then the bullying will do what? Go away. Go away. It's like a boycott. If everybody chose to not spend money at that store, the store is going to close. If we all chose not to bully, there'd be no bullying. We think it's all really, I don't know how to do it. Stop bullying. Just stop. Choose to stop. 
Now, what, what, what actually is going to have to change for people to choose to stop? Their heart. So we'll do all this external stuff to at least control it. That's why I had you sign that thing. Are you at least willing to try and love each other in my room? Because if you're willing to try and you're willing to say you're sorry, then we can make this work. But if you don't want a loving classroom, I, I literally, if you don't want a loving classroom, you're not in my room. See ya. <laughs> right? I can get away with that in a private school. Right? How are we doing? Are we piecing some of it together? Other thoughts? I think this is part of what Shakespeare is doing, though. You said, does he solve it? What? Wait till we get to Act 4 on Friday. Oh, my gosh. Right? I mean, just real quick, let's try to process this on some level. We're watching this, and when he found the letter in the garden, come on, was it funny? <laughs> You're all like, I don't know if I should nod my head. I was laughing out loud. Okay. But at the same time, it's like, no, no, wait, we're not supposed to do that because it's bullying and they're tricking and they're lying. But he just looks like a silly fool in the garden. Okay, you don't have to nod your head. You're allowed to because it's Shakespeare class, but come on, was that funny <laughs> when he walks in with the yellow socks? Come on. Right? But was it funny? I mean, if that happened in the senior lounge with a freshman and a senior, would it be funny? Yeah, I mean, like half of you are like behind your mask, like, oh my gosh, I mean, it's hysterical. But not for the freshman and not for that senior. Does that make sense? But for everybody else, it's what? But is, like, are we allowed to say that that's funny? Yeah, because uh, yeah, it is, but it's not. Like, ah, shoot, right? Is this funny? No, the answer is no. Is this funny? Like, no. But I'm amazed at the theater when you actually get that line and he's on some catwalk and he's like, go hang yourselves, all of you. And he walks away and there's half the crowd's laughing at that line. I'm just like, I guess maybe they're laughing because it's so ironic. Maybe. I'm like, I'm going to trust that the audience is laughing because of that. Right? Although we're only in act three. I wanted to invite some discussion. I don't want to force a discussion. So I'm happy for us to move on. We're not done. It's only Act 3. But thanks for letting us roll around in it a little bit. I at least wanted to get those Bible verses out there for us to process. Other thoughts? Comments? I think what's tricky... I'll, I'll, I'll say this, and then we'll just watch the movie so we don't have to sit in it, maybe, right? What's really tricky is whenever I talk about this stuff, it's tricky in a room. I'm kind of glad we're not all staring at each other in my other room. It's even trickier in my other room when we're sitting in a circle all looking at each other. Because then you have people who were in junior high together who had bullied each other sitting in my classroom and we're talking about bullying. Woo! <laughs> that gets pretty intense, doesn't it? Yeah? Or someone who bullied someone else in the room this morning. Or someone who watched it yesterday with the juniors and the freshmen, it didn't do anything. Like, you see what's going on? It's like, ah, because it is in our face. And then there's some of us who just aren't, like, it's not there. But I had a moment, and I'll, I'll say this, 
and it was really cool. I don't think this student will mind me sharing it. I won't use their name since I haven't asked them. But there was a student in first period, and we were having a big discussion about race, right? And it was this tricky thing where some students were like, but I don't see the racism. But this other student was like, yeah, because that's great for you. You're not, no one's being racist towards you, and you're not doing it, okay. But I, you know, I live with it, and I, I see it, and it's really frustrating. So that was our conversation two weeks ago about racism, right? And so today we brought it up, and that same student said, yeah, but I don't like see the bullying at Wheaton Academy. I took a little risk there, and this student trusts me, and I trust this student, so we, we leaned, leaned into that. And this student was great in admitting, like, ah, oh, wait, cool connection is, cool is not the right word, but cool connection. I don't see the bullying, because I don't bully. And the people I hang out with aren't getting bullied. But is there bullying at Wheaton Academy? Yeah. And so if you're one of the ones who doesn't see it, and bless you for not doing it, is it happening? If you're one of the ones who's not contributing directly to racism, well, bless you. And if you're not dealing with people being racist towards you, great for you. Is there racism here? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See what happened there with that conversation? It was this beautiful flip of like, oh. We actually even connected the dot that racism is a form of bullying under that umbrella. I don't want racism at this school. I also don't want any bullying at all at this school. Yeah? Watch the video. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> Play the movie to make it stop. Stop! <laughs> it's Shakespeare's fault. Blame him, not me. All right. Thanks, guys, for going there for a little bit right now. Here's the irony. Look. Were they hurt by that statement? <laughs> Not at all. I don't care at all, right? They're just laughing. It just says it in the middle of the play. is already in the belief that he's mad. We may carry it thus for our pleasure and his penance. Did we catch those lines? <laughs> that was funny. Wait, we can ratchet this up. She just put us in charge of him. So we'll tie him up and throw him in the dumpster and make him actually, actually go crazy. That'll be funny, right? Right? Or we'll take the freshman and jam him in a locker, but gag him so he can't yell for help, and then we'll get him at the end of the day. That'll be funny, right? I use those two as examples, because those happen. They actually happen at schools. The first one happened here. I'm wondering if the second one has happened, but I just haven't heard about it. I, part of me doesn't want to, but the horror, right? But that'll be funny. That's a funny joke, right? Did you guys catch what, what's his motivation? Why does he want to do this funny joke? For his pleasure. For his pleasure. 
He's bored. Doesn't have any YouTube. His internet's out. Can't go to the theaters. We gotta fill our time with something. That'll be, we'll just see if we can make someone go insane. That'll be funny, right? And his penance, which I think is interesting. Penance is something you take on yourself to say you're sorry for your sins. That's something that other people impose upon you. I like this pause. I've worked on my pausing. He's just in his own world over here, isn't he, Toby? And look at them. They're like, wait, I just want to throw this out there. If the two of them had said, stop, Toby, too much, could they potentially have got him to stop? Yeah. Let's see where we are at the end of class today. Because they don't do that. Right? All right, onward. <laughs> Holy cow. Thanks, Shakespeare. Woo! Here we go. Act scene four, just keep going, right? Shakespeare. Read it. I want this vinegar and pepper it. Is it so saucy? Saucy! There it is again. <laughs> this is page 176. It's Andrew's letter. You, whatsoever thou art, thou art but a scurvy fellow. Good. Find it. Thou comest to the Lady Olivia, and in my sight she uses thee kindly. But that what is, is he doing? not the matter I challenge thee for. Very brief and to exceeding good sense. <laughs> I will waylay thee going home, where if it be thy chance to kill me. What kind of duel? Yeah, there's two different types of duel. What's the one in Hamilton? I'm not giving away my... Thank you. I was like, come on, somebody. <laughs> they even wrote the letters in Hamilton, right? Right? So they're writing the letters back and forth. They're getting their guns. In Hamilton, it's to the what? It's to the death. There's also what's called a gentleman's duel, which is what's supposed to happen in Hamlet. Blunted, blunted, uh, blunted swords, not really going to kill each other, but we're going to fence and fight, and if I win the bout, then I get my honor, but no one had to die. Technically speaking, like, why not, right? But this is not that. This is a letter challenging Cesario to a duel to the death. Just make sure before we keep going, why? Anybody catch it? To win Olivia's favor. Has anybody put the logic there together? I'm willing to kill that guy that you love because I love you so much. <laughs> Will that impress Olivia if he kills Cesario? She's in love with Cesario. What is he thinking, right? He's, he's but not. So everybody understand what's going on at least with this? And we see the logic. There isn't any, right? Onward. Okay, this is the classic, I'm going to beat you up after school because I love her more than you and I'm, I want to take her out on a date. And, yeah. Cesario. Yeah. Yeah, Andrew challenging Cesario to a duel for Olivia's love. And who set them up for this? Toby. More what? More entertainment, right? Although someone could what? Actually die in this funny little prank. Thou kills me like a rogue and a villain. Still, you keep to the windy side of the law. 
Very well. Then God have mercy upon one of our souls. He may have mercy upon mine, but my hope is better. And so look to thyself, thy friend. <laughs> what? <laughs> Why would you write that in your dual letter? My friend. No. As thou usest him, and thy sworn enemy, Andrew Lynch. <laughs> if this letter move him not, his legs cannot. I'll give it Page 178. He is now in some commerce with my lady, but we'll buy and buy the pot. Oh, Sir Andrew, scalp me for him at the corner of the orchard like a, like a bum bailey. As soon as thou seest him, draw thy sword. As thou drawest him, swear on Oh, really good at swearing. I'll deliver his challenge right. by word of mouth. No way. What? Nothing but this, your true love for my master. How with my honor may I give him that which I've given to you? I will acquit you. <gasps> I know we got to keep rolling. Did anybody catch? What Olivia just said to Cesario, by the way, ladies, don't say this. <laughs> what would you ask for that I would deny, right? What should you ask of me that I'll deny? You can have what? Whatever you want here. No, <laughs> right? Uh, how far has this gone for her? She's beyond begging now. Does that make sense? But she's just throwing herself all over Cesario. Ah. Keep going. What a foolish fellow. Will you make me believe that I am not sent for you? Go to. He's supposed to be at Arsino's house. Whose house is he at? Where's Festi? The woods. He's, yeah, he's at Olivia's house. He's supposed to be at Arsino's. So wait, wait, uh, wait, he looks like who? Is anybody catching the, like the climax of our story? He's supposed to, yes, and they look like each other, and, okay. Go to. We'll come again tomorrow. Very well. But be like thee, my bad, my soul to hell. No, she's like, no, <laughs> this is not good. I'd follow you to hell. <laughs> well, hell no. <laughs> no. All right, here we go. Act three, scene four. Let's do it. Thou hast to protect thee to it. Of what nature the wrongs are thou hast done him, I know not. But thy interceptor, bloody as the hunter, attends thee at the orchard end. You mistake, sir. I'm sure no man had any quarrel to me. You'll find it otherwise, I assure you. Therefore, if you hold your life at any price, we take you to your guard, for your opposite hath in him what youth, strength, skill, and wrath can furnish. Ever since you said, what is he? He's a devil in private brawl. He's talking about who? Andrew. Is Andrew the devil in private brawl? No. So just make sure we're all heading in the same direction. He's been challenged to a duel. He shows up to Cesaro and says, that guy over there? He's an amazing fighter and fencer. He's challenged you to a duel, and you can't refuse, so you gotta do it. She's like, what, 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 what did I do, what did I do? I said, they're gonna do that for each other. You'll see Fabian and Toby talk to Andrew and say, Cesario, an amazing fencer. 
you're kind of screwed. But it's too late now, so what are they doing with each other? They're just amping them up. Does that make sense? Everybody got what's going on? Yes? Souls and bodies have divorced. I will return again into the house and desire some conduct of the lady. No. I'm no fighter. <laughs> She's like, no. I beseech you to know the night what my offense to him is. It is something of my negligence, nothing of my purpose. Senor Fabian, stand you by the gentleman till I return. I pray you, sir, do you love this matter? I know the knight is incensed against you, even to a mortal. Right? Arbitrate. Mortal. My man is the very devil. I have not seen such a farrago. <laughs> I have a pass with him, and he gives me the stuck in with such a mortal motion that it is inevitable. They say he has been an offensor to the Shah of Persia. <laughs> what? what? I believe he will not now be pacified. Right? Fabian can scarce hold him. Frequent. <laughs> Let's let the matter slip and I give my horse. <laughs> what? <laughs> He's like, we gotta drop it. We gotta get my horse. We gotta drop it. Are they gonna drop it? No. So are we, are we track him. Two things. So I want to let it roll through the fight scene. Andrew is a knight. Just think chivalry. What are knights supposed to do with ladies? <laughs> not kill them. Not kill them? <laughs> like protect them, not kill them. <laughs> So what is Shakespeare putting on stage here for chivalry and knighthood, right? At the same time, Viola's a girl. What is Shakespeare saying? Girl power? Can she hold her own against a knight? Yeah, so I think we got both sides of that coin happening here. You have a girl dressed up as a guy doing all this guy stuff, maybe even better than the knight, depending on how you set up the scene. Go team. All right, here it come. And I'll, I'll make the motion. Stand here. Make a good show on it. Ride your horse as well as I ride you. <laughs> I'll make your pace with him if I can. Oh, I'll be much bound to you for it. I have persuaded him to use the devil. He is as horribly conceited of him. <laughs> There's no remedy, sir. <laughs> He will fight with you for his own sake. <laughs> Give ground if he's furious. Oh, Sir Andrew, there's no remedy. The gentleman will, for his honor's sake, have one bout with you. Page 
So what's he gonna do? Which, by the way, he already saved Sebastian's life from the water, and now he's gonna save Viola's life without realizing it. Your Page 184. If this young gentleman have done offense, I take the fault on me. What? And what are you? One sir, but for his love, dares yet do more than you have heard him brag to you, he will. What? Hey, and you be an undertaker. And for you. She says Sebastian. So what's she thinking? Honest and poultry boy, more a coward than a hare. Leaving his friend here in necessity of denying him. Coward. Must devout coward. Religious in it. I'll after him again. Do do cuff him soundly. And but never draw thy sword. I do not. End of Act Three. Here's Act Four. That's Act Four. Who's that? Malvolio. But we're not in Act 4. <laughs> Woo, how is that scene? Crazy? I mean, think of where that scene 4 starts and now where we're ending. You can almost see what's coming with Act 4. We, I started with that yellow stocking scene and gave you a sneak peek in... Uh, Locked in the dark house in Act Four, right? All right, how are we doing with these guys? What happened here? Who's following miscommunication? <laughs> Anybody? <laughs> Any miscommunication here? 
What are some lines from that? Or who's following, uh, right? I think it's interesting, who's following love? He mentions love a couple of times, right? How about disguise? What are the consequences of the disguise? Like, what, is, what are you guys noticing in the scene? So I've been driving pretty heavily. So what quotes are you finding? What, what's coming up to the surface, particularly in this last fencing one and then with Antonio showing up? Yeah, what do you got? Yeah. Um, and like character development. And with Antonio, like the line that he said first, I put down your sword. If it is a young gunman, have that in defense. I think they'll fall on me. Like that shows so much of his character that like he doesn't even know her. He thinks he knows her, but he doesn't even really know Sebastian yet. And he's willing to like die for them. Yeah. Which like shows so much. And I think that ultimately plays into like Sebastian's character development and um, Viola. Right? Let's give it up right there. Come on. Nice. I'm glad you brought up that quote. Wait, if I were to say that quote, repeat it back. We just heard it there. We heard it. We heard it there one more time. If, what was that? If this person has committed a crime, I take that on myself. Wait, who does that sound like? Jesus. <laughs> I have it written in the margin of my book. Jesus. Right, we're talking character development. Here we are, act three, climax of the play. And this character, I asked you to watch it. She's acted like Christ with her self-sacrifice, right? Who else? Right here, that dude. If that person's done offense, I will take the fault on me. I'm willing to die to save you. And look, come on, did anybody catch this? Did anybody catch that? Will you deny me now? Yeah, they'd be denied over money. Who does that sound like? Judas, Jesus, money, denial, Peter, right? Like, ah, <laughs> nice work. It's there. And I think it's interesting. He's willing to, out of his love, die. It's about love, not just duty. Woo. Thoughts on that? Well, then let's back it out. Let's back it out because someone last class brought up something. Who's following family? Okay. That quote, a friend who sticks closer than a brother. <laughs> That's pretty powerful right here. So on our spectrum of love, how is Antonio doing as like a best friend? Friendship love, how's he doing? Um, two thumbs up. Like this dude's amazing, right? And I've been talking about girl power a lot because of, you know, empowering this role that Viola has of empowering women in this play. Don't worry. Cool dude. <laughs> we got cool guys in this play as well, right? So he's fantastic. So great friend. Maybe even closer than a brother type of friend. Like deep family brother love friend. Go, Antonio. Was it this class where someone said... Uh, Naomi and Ruth, is that this class? Right, like Naomi and Ruth type of thing. Your people will be my people. I'm going to follow you, and I'm going to love you and serve you. Yeah, <laughs> right? Um, we've got a subtext with Antonio. How's our subtext looking right now? Come on, can we read this as homosexual 
love, like I'm willing to die for you, I love you so much. Can we go there? Oh yeah, we can ratchet that up big time in this scene. That's how much he loves him. He's like, I'm gonna die for you. I'm gonna prove my love for you. And I'm willing to die for you, ironically, after the fake duel. I'm willing to die for your love. We got it right there. So I was like, we had the fake one and now the real one. Yeah. Well, back then, if they did that, what would happen? They'd be done. But what I'm trying to show you in literature is if we want to talk about that, we have to use what's called subtext, right? And so by slowing everything down and looking at the language and the character, could it be there? Yeah, I'm not saying it is. I'm just saying, can you? Nowadays, Chicago Shakespeare Theater, could they just do it? They could just do it, right? I've actually seen people just straight up do it, right? Which. That's okay for me going here. If we're going to have a character who is portrayed as homosexual, we just compared him to who? <laughs> Jesus. Right? Which I'm not, I'm not saying that that's what we're saying about Jesus. I'm just saying if you're going to have that character, don't just throw the character under the bus. He's a cool dude. He's a nice guy. He is showing love, right? Thank you, Shakespeare, for maintaining dignity and integrity there at least. Yeah? Does that make sense? But that is a subtext. And back then, no way. Now, you could. Do you have to? No. But let's see what happens with An Antonio. I mean, if you want to maybe take a step towards that, I don't know if anybody's visually doing that yet. If we go with the subtext and the homosexual attraction, well, what just happened to Antonio? He just got what? Literally. Arrested. Does that make sense? Like, he just got taken out. Like, how's it going? not going. It's not working. Does that make sense? At the same time, what happened to Jesus? <laughs> Jesus got arrested too. So, I mean, you can make a lot of connections. We're, we're high school. <laughs> we're good. I'm just trying to bring some stuff up for us to process and connect with. Other thoughts? goes back, Stoner, if you don't mind me connecting that dot there, like, yeah, we get to see all this. And is Shakespeare just going to do what I'm doing, stop it and teach a lesson? <laughs> no, we just get to watch it. But that's why we're in school, and that's why we're doing this right now, and you can watch it someday without me stopping it every two minutes, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Maybe you need to go do that, <laughs> or get me out from behind this thing. But that's part of the point right now. Is we get to see it. All these people, ready, quickly falling in love with a with people who they really don't what? They don't know. Did anybody catch that? One more time. Quickly falling in love with people who they really don't know. I don't know if your parents are doing anything for you guys on this level, but my dad said two years minimum before you can get an engagement ring. We were all like, whatever, Dad. And I'm like, thank you, Dad. <laughs> two years minimum. At least when you're in high school and college. Maybe it changes when you're older. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Do you want to be locked in marriage for the rest of your life with someone you really don't know? <laughs> Thank you, Shakespeare. <laughs> right? Like, anybody catching the message? 
Can that work, by the way? Sure, and then you have the rest of your life to get to know someone. Okay, <laughs> right, but eh. that's gonna be tricky with this situation. It won't even, theoretically, it won't even work, right? One level further there, it's one thing to fall in love with someone and you don't know who they are, but what about taking that one step further? What if you fall in love with someone and that person doesn't even know who they are? Do we see the difference there? I don't know you is one thing. You don't know you is a whole nother thing. Does that happen? Yeah. What are we all thinking right now? I'm pretty good at reading a crowd, but what's going on? I would throw this out there then. I'm not, again, not here to force discussion. Part of me is to invite it. And part of me is to acknowledge that it's homecoming week and it's block schedule and we're tired. So I get all of that as much as I can. But yeah. I'm sorry. I was just thinking of a way to phrase it. Yeah. But like, why does Antonio even love Sebastian? <laughs> we know why Olivia loves Viola. It's because she's like funny and like she knows that a woman did. Antonio just look at Sebastian and be like, you know what? I love you. <laughs> and that's just how it went. Like, what happened? Do we just not know? Anybody? Great, let's give it up. Great question. I love that. Like, that's what I want us to dig in. Let's slow down and say, like, wait, why does Shakespeare even have him in love with Sebastian? Either in love with Sebastian or just loving Sebastian. Either one, friend or the other one, right? The other type of love here between a guy and a guy. Do we have a why? Yeah? Well, what I thought was interesting is that Antonio didn't even know Sebastian's name. And when we got onto the shore, Sebastian's like, you should know this about me. Thank you. I'm Sebastian. My sister died. That's why I was in the water. Like, he didn't even like give context to Antonio. Antonio just was like, okay, you're my brother now. Let's go. Didn't even know his name. So I'm glad that at least we're bringing this up, right? Which kudos to Shakespeare. You guys, go. Nice job. We rarely get here in a class, so well done, right? Because I'm not going to force it, right? But I love that you brought that up. Why? What's going on there? Now, did Shakespeare just drop the ball as an author? Oops. No, 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 no. So he's doing something there with, remember, spectrum of love. Yeah? Yeah, any thoughts on that? Go ahead. Imagine a separate question. So like, oh. because this is supposed to be performed, and like, people couldn't catch all the money. <laughs> I know. Is it really as deep as it seems? Like, is all this actually, like, do you think he's, like, consciously being, like, I'm going to make this so people walk away from this and think about this? Or is this because you have the text of this single ocean, like, literal translation? Let's go. Come on. Give it up. <laughs> <laughs> Are there any nods out there? Can someone actually write like this and mean most, if not all, of it? Yes or no? Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And by the way, do you have to to still? Enjoy? I mean, is it actually a decent story just to watch? Yeah. So, a, we got good storytelling. B, can we dig into it? C, can we really dig into it? And so, can I say it like this, kind of a little facetiously? <laughs> Out of a senior class at Wheaton Academy, we've got over 100 students taking a class on one author 
from 400 years ago. <laughs> That's over 60 to 70% of your class is taking a class on that. And of course, there's percentages of it's Dominguez or it's Shakespeare or it's, you know, it's not an honors class, so it's simpler. Put that over here. A hundred students are taking Shakespeare. Well, why? Is he this potentially this good? Yeah, right? Like, He's still around 400 years later, all over the planet, with festivals and theaters and plays and Shakespeare libraries and Shakespeare PhDs. And I will say this, though, because, Kiri, to be candid, right? So you asked, so can I give a little, little pushback? Is there some stuff where you could literally just, like, Dominguez, no way? Or, or... The way that I'm framing it and the way that we're talking about it, can you kind of see it? Like, is it kind of there? Yeah, I can see it. I there we go. I don't know people this time. Because, like, he was probably wasn't So what if nobody ever got it? Is it still worth doing? Yeah, I think that art. Do we get that? Like, art is worth doing because it's what? It's art. And if nobody gets it, nobody gets it. Jesus said this over and over again. He who has ears, let him, let him hear. He who has eyes. Like, like he was, came to open the eyes of the blind and kept saying, is anybody catching what I'm saying? Oh, well, maybe not. Hopefully they'll get it someday. <laughs> right? Like, he's still going to say the truth whether or not we get it. But it's there if we want to get it, right? And that's where you start seeing all the parables about the treasure and the seek and you shall find and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And yeah, I'm trying to teach us we can do that with literature. Anybody catch my subtext? If we could do this with Shakespeare, maybe you could do it with what? The Bible. Is there a lot in the Bible that we might be missing? Maybe. Or just your favorite movie as well. Life, yeah? Go team. Now, I want to come back here to this one off of that. Did you have a thought, a comment on either? Yeah. Go for it. really good. Yeah, and in Hamlet, that's what we're going to, we're going to focus on character and the relatability of the characters, because it's just insane, <laughs> right? It's insane. Is it in Twelfth Night, too? Totally. And we're just doing storytelling right now. How is he as a storyteller? Crazy, right? If I wasn't stopping all the time, I, Actually, at this point, do you guys think you could just watch the rest the next half hour without me stopping it and just get it? A little bit? I bet you probably could. So maybe some of you are like, lock Dominguez out and hit play. <laughs> right? You're going to do a little French Revolution on me and barricade the door. <laughs> like, we just want to watch the movie! <laughs> right? But yes, I get it. And we will. I, actually, for Act 5, I kind of just let it roll. So. Antonio, <laughs> right? 
So what might he be? So let's do just let's get out that spectrum of love thing again. And what do we maybe have here? What might be motivating Antonio with Sebastian? Anybody? Either friendship or other. Thank you, right? If we dig into his character, like do you guys remember the dark part scene? Sorry, do you remember the dark part scene? Where was Festy living? In the barn, by himself. So who is Antonio? Yeah, he's on the run. So he's a fugitive on the run who works on a boat that just crashed. What does he have? And now if you want to go Marxist or anything like that, you could with the financial side of this. Maybe he really does love him. Maybe he just needs a job. Maybe he's trying to stay connected to someone who protect him. Maybe he's got identity issues. So see, we can dig into it, can't we? I think what's a little different, what's a little different is we're thinking, not you, but generally we're going to think 2020, what's up with this guy? But try to put yourself in Elizabethan England. Remember Viola dressing up as a guy to get a job and stay safe? Well, who was on the boat? Antonio, and he's a servant on a boat that just crashed in a new place. What's he got? Wait, he was on the boat that they were on? Yeah, they're on the boat. Well, there's two ways to frame it. Sorry, I, I overspoke myself. Because did Shakespeare ever say they were on the same boat? No. So there's a general assumption that he's on that boat. The, the reason why is because if he was in Illyria, he's definitely a fugitive in Illyria and he's not allowed to be there. So why would he be there? Does that make sense? So the assumption that he's on that boat or another boat that was in a shipwreck or something like that. But he could have been in Illyria and like, oh, no, there's a shipwreck. And he dives in and saves them. Or whatever. Lots of options there. But either they were on a big boat and they didn't know each other because he's just a, he's just a servant on the boat. And he, you know, they're in the upper class and he's in the lower class. And so now he's wandering around trying to protect them. Yeah. Is there any love at first sight in this play? So we might have that. We also just might have this guy who's like, I need a friend. I'm lonely and I'm choosing you and I'm going to do everything I can to connect with you. Yeah. Could that be happening? Is that enough? Is there enough motivation or no? It's a great question. Well, it's wide open. If we were to do 11th night, the prequel, <laughs> could we set something up for Antonio? We could give a whole backstory on him. And that's part of the beauty of this. It's just, it just dropped in. But yes, he had to give him his name. They all washed up on shore together. He did save his life. So I will give you this. Take this the right way. Has anybody in the room literally, not metaphorically, but physically, literally saved anybody's life? Okay. Talking with people who've been in those types of situations, there's a bond. Does that make sense? So they were, there was a shipwreck, they're in the water, drowning, holding him up in the water. There's a what? There's a real bond and a real connection there. I mean, as silly as this one might be, but it's like Han Solo and Chewbacca, you know, like they're in it for the long haul because of this, almost it's like 
life indebtedness, which should be the other way around because Sebastian is indebted to Antonio, but there's still going to be a, they went through trauma together and they survived. That's one that I think I could put some feet on that's somewhat substantial. Is that helpful? Mm -hmm. Yeah, great question though, great question. Have any of you ever just simply asked the question? Like, why are they hanging out? <laughs> just like, just that? <laughs> right. No, this is totally different, but it's what came to mind, and I'm having a great ADD moment right now, so can I run with it? <laughs> <What I? laughs> I love this, because I love them. This is, we just talked about bullying. I'm not bullying. I think it's so funny. Is everybody like just watch, looking at Matt Hawkin and Corey Hawkin next to each other, right? Just like, what? How did that all happen? And uh, the, their interests are so different and they're so different, but does it work? Oh, yeah, totally works and it's great. I think for some of us just wondering, like, how, how are you two friends? Or why are you two friends? Or when did this start? Yeah. I would even go so far as this. If we go with the Good friends, how does a good friendship start? Literally, your best friend, how does it start? We're all dialing back. Is that, I mean, so we were going there, we're like, how did it start? It just what? It just what? They just start, right? Like, well, we're in camp together. Hi, who are you? What's your name? <laughs> all right. And we're in junior high together. I just moved here and we're sitting at the lunch table together. Like they just, they just what? Start, unless you were one of my close friends, you know, we were in the preschool at church together. <laughs> we just grew up together. So that's different. All right, other thoughts? Well, Miss Pearson, I love that you asked that question. Thanks for that one. Because that's why we have a class on Shakespeare, is can he be this good? Can he? Come on. Come on, can he? No, no, it's like so good. Wait till we get to Henry V and Hamlet. Like Hamlet is just like, what? And so this is where you do have these human beings. Think of a, you know, some of those famous musicians who are just like, how... How did Beethoven, how did Bach, how did they, how did they write this? Huh? <laughs> how, did, how did they paint that? How did they sculpt that? How did they, how did they do the, no, and it's, it's, we would call it a gift, right? It's a gift. And we get to see it and just like, what? I will say a word or two. I usually save it for Henry V, but we'll just do it right now since we're in it. Uh, here's a story. There's an artist when I was in college. One of my friends was an artist, and he was kind of an abstract artist, which is pretty cool. Different, unique. He was really good. And so it was a kind of like, it was abstract, but it still caught your attention. So you're like, something about this, I'm drawn towards it, which is cool. That doesn't always happen with abstract art. and doesn't need to, because it's abstract. But a painting about the size of this, and it had the splatters and had all this stuff, and they put it up in the college, you know, and we all got to see it, and they had a little, you know, celebration for that, which is really cool. And this has been, it's been up there for a while. It's after the celebration. I'm hanging out with him and another one of his friends, 
And the guy goes, man, I just love, I love how you put the cross kind of right down the middle of your painting. <laughs> and the, the dude, the artist, was like, what? <laughs> it's like right there. There's a cross, like right there. And the artist is like, oh my gosh, cool. <laughs> Did he try to put a cross in there? No, but ready? Was it there? Yeah. Great art has incredible intentionality. The Great Gatsby was like three times as long. Who's reading it right now? Right? It was way longer. Was that last year? Okay. Way longer, trimmed down, trimmed down, trimmed down. It's, it's like a poem in novel form. Every period, comma, every single word has been chopped out. That's why it's one of the best, which you don't have to like it. But um, the intentionality, every single word in that novel was intentional. Every single word in here is intentional. That's cool. If Shakespeare was in the room and we're pulling all this stuff out, he might be like, yeah, 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 nice job, nice job. But he also might be like, cool, all right, and not be aware of it. Because can the Holy Spirit work through something and provide meaning and depth and richness to it without you and I being aware of it? Yeah, like that guy with the cross, he wasn't aware of it, it wasn't intentional, but was it there? So can all these truths be here? As long as we're working within the story and with the language of the story, well, yeah, and that's part of what I'm doing. I'm teaching you how to either unearth it or pull it out. Does that make sense? We don't want to add into it. You don't want to do that with scripture either. But if it's there, we, how far can we dig, right? Just keep going. Is that fair? All right, keep asking if there's any questions or thoughts. I'm going to stop asking here. We good for today? I think that was good. All right, and it lands us at this, right? That's Act Four for Friday. It's dare I say kind of short and sweet. So we're gonna watch Act Four. We're gonna process it. I'm gonna give you time to write about it and think about it, and probably even small group it up a little bit. And then if there's extra time on Friday, I'm just going to give you reading time to read and make it so that next week we're set up for finishing the play. Um, but yeah, don't miss Act 4 for Friday. Really good. Really powerful. Kind of crazy. Shakespeare. Uh, thanks for a great discussion today. There is 15 minutes left in class. So I will put some tunes on. You are welcome to read or you're welcome to just chill <laughs> let's make it so that we're not distracting other people though who want to use the time to read is that fair and it's not going to make you read but let's make it so that those who want to read can or if you want to get your homework done you can great job today thanks guys for your participation solomon we're done for the day officially here and so you can go off and do some reading time or be done with our direct class okay okay thank you yep peace